So as we're becoming, in general, more aware, the uh, nature of cosmos is holistic, everything is connected, things affect each other as an interconnection, and there are human aspirations to connect ecology, environmental, social justice, spirituality, you know, something that's harmonious, the sense of looking for harmony. Mm. Something that reaches into all aspects of our experience and finds a balance, finds a harmony in, in which we can live by. That's the big uh, topic, isn't it? A very big topic. And you probably recognize that you know, many people specialize in, say, science or law or art or meditation, yeah, and, uh, you know, each of them on their own tends to represent one facet, and you want to, for a fully developed human society, you want to have all these working together. Of course, any one on its own tends to just emphasize its own particular uh, perspectives. Meditation tends to uh, emphasize the internal subjective perspective rather than looking at objective reality such as you know carbon melting rate of you know how to make good steel and things like that you know how to grow plants but meditation or dharma practice does open the mind to this kind of understanding that holism is what's required dharma practice is slightly bigger the meditation practice, the meditation practice is a, a way in which we can review and get a lot of insights into Dhamma practice. Dhamma itself is a word that means the whole, the order, the nature of cosmos, which is in balance. When I say cosmos, I don't mean just mean physical cosmos, I mean psychological, energetic, the whole lot. You know, reality is the word Dhamma means there is an order, an ordering principle, a wholeness, a balance that can be experienced where these things uh, all aspects come together it's held in Dharma it's an old, very old word but it means that the true rightness of things mm. of course the Dharma can't really be named because you tend to then focus on one aspect of it like the Tao so mm. but we might say a very helpful um sense of that is you know balance balance is a sense of having a balance because balance is a, is a apparent and definitely an experience but you can't really say it's right wrong good bad up down this that it's it's the balance and this is uh, what I would encourage and emphasize and is to bring to mind today balance. A nice simple word. <clears throat> Quite a difficult experience. And just uh, for the sake of... Um, presentation I could say we have three kinds of intelligence is a body intelligence 
which tells us, gives a sense of location with here, this particular bit here. It's, it's locatable. You know, you can't, you can, you can see it. You can it occupy space. It's, 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 it's a where we are, you might say. And uh, there's a heart which tells us fundamentally how we are, how it is, how we're feeling, how that is. Uh, and so it's relational, how I'm feeling with this experience, with this sight, this sound, this touch, this, this impression, this memory, this thought. It's the, the resonance, resonator, how, how I am with, seat of consciousness, how I am with. And then you have a thinking mind which tells us what we're going to do about it. <laughs> and often the thinking mind takes the priorities telling us what we want to do about it without knowing where we are or even really being fully aware of what we're feeling. So you've got this kind of thing going on. Got to do, better do, better do, better fix this, sort that, make that, stop doing that, become this, don't try and be that, get balance, get less balance, get more balance. What is balance anyway? How do you do it? And uh, it's kind of trying to work it all out. <laughs> yeah. And out of this, uh, but the, the, the uh, you know, it's supposed to organize things, but you actually, organize has got to take, it's got to listen up to what's where we are and how we are. And that's what we can use as our, what, and what we're looking to organize is how to find balance. And then from that balance, how to maintain that balance in a world of continually changing circumstances. How to surf the wave. You don't ignore the water, you don't drown in it. You stay balanced. You're not stiff, rigid, you're not sloppy, it's poised. How to walk the tightrope, the bouncing tightrope of experience without falling off. You notice a tightrope walk or a surfer will tend to, what they do, they often squat a little bit or they flex and they go wide. They hold their arms out. You know, tightrope walker has a pole. You know, he or she, she's got this pole. I wonder why they carry this pole around. You know, what's it going to do with, with walking on this thin wire? What do you carry a pole with you for? Because that gives you a much finer sense of balance. You've got something where your body schematizes the pole you know, as part of your body. So what, we, what happens to us, uh, our body has these things called schemas, which are basic um, organizing intelligences. So, for example, when you go to a door, you know you can get through it, you know how high you are. You carry some internal map of that. Um, it, it knows it, schematizes it. If you're right-handed, you pick up a pen, and that pen becomes part of your hand. You don't have to think about holding the pen. Just, you put it in your left hand, you can't do it. Why is that? You know, same sort of muscles. You try, try it, can't do it because you haven't. The body hasn't learnt that. The pen isn't part of the left hand; it's part of the right hand. Of course, you're a left-handed person; it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. So you know, you get to. Your body starts to organize its appurtenances as part of its experience. Similarly, if you're carrying a tightrope walker, will carry that pole and it makes their body wider. 
their sense of their body is widened, and therefore they're much more attuned to the subtle shiftings of balance than if you're you know, now our reaction if we're walking, our instinct if we're walking across a tightrope might very well be, this is so narrow, I've got to hold on, you know, because it's such a narrow wire. Get this fine, precise point of exact, it's such a subtle point, this point of balance. I've got to tighten up to hold on, and that's how you fall off. <laughs> yeah. So if you're surfing a wave, you think, well, it's a big wave, I've really got to, you know, tighten up to hold myself on this wave, you're going to go under. So it's that flexing, softening, widening, but yet softening and widening has a deep intelligence to it. It's not just relaxing in a way, we are relaxing, but also the softening and widening allows us to come out of a tension or rigid sense or what our minds think we should be doing because the mental sense tends to try to structure everything into organized patterns. You know, this is how you do it, this is what you should do. I don't know, does your mind tell you that? What you should do, this is how you can do it. You know, you try to get a pattern in your head that you can operate by. Hmm? You know, get it all strategized. How to get through the day, what you're going to do today, your to-do list, your tomorrow list, da-da-da-da-da. Strategize and the day happens and it's completely out of whack <laughs> because the car didn't start and the dog got sick and you, you did, did, did. so but the <laughs> so you know if you've got these two refined locked in strategies it, you lose your sense of being able to flow and flex and the thinking mind tends to do that tends to adopt views ditty which means this is this I know where I am exactly this is right the way to do it and you rigidify. Now, if you do that, trying to walk a tightrope, that attitude, you know, you're going you're to fall off. You've got to be poised to feel the present moment and where the push or the movement is coming from so you can balance with it. And you don't know what the present moment's really going to bring, do you? It's only in the present moment we can find the balance can't balance in the future or the past. So when we come into to bodily sense, balance is a little bit difficult, but we can make it. Yeah. Body's pretty good at that. If you you know, soften your knees, flex a little bit, then you, you can kind of walk, you can find that sense of balance and you know you're tipping over. You can stand on one leg, you can do it. If you get good, you can stand on your head and you can do it. Because it, it requires, it certainly requires effort, requires building up effort to, to get the right kind of muscles into play and to relax the ones you don't need and then you find that balance. And the balance is beautiful. If you're very attuned, alert, awake, somehow quite rested, but alert, strong, but not rigid. But it's a good example of that. We come to the heart sense, what's the balance there? Balance there is called equanimity. Mm-hmm. Evenly balanced. We recognise, you know, 
the different polarities of passions and aversion, resistance, approval, disapproval, being too react, being too pot, being too affirmative, being negative, you know, being too forward, being too backward, dominating, being subordinate, you know, being just totally myself, or being with other people. What's the? How do we find the balance in that? You hold the whole picture because the heart is a relational system. You hold the whole picture. What feels right? in this hologram of me, you, us. What feels right in this hologram of this is possible, this could happen, this might be, this is good, this is not so good. What feels right? How do you get it? And often it's just a kind of softer way of holding all the positions till you find beneath all the positions and the emotions and the energies of your heart there's something else. There's a kind of stillness stillness of sensitivity and the next moment you might shift to the left next moment you might come forward a bit next moment you might just soften and back off next moment you're just playing with that this primal sensitivity is is a a kind of resonant quality anukampa which is the the basic quality of uh, of why, how the Buddha came to teach. So, as you may be aware, the Buddha, when he realizes complete freedom, liberation, very peaceful, blissed out, fine, you know, then thinking, you know, looking around the world, well, this is really a tangled, confused mess, people fighting, arguing, craving, manipulating, cheating all the time, all this stuff going on. This is difficult to find this balance, to find this peacefulness. Is it worthwhile? And then this spirit of compassion arises, the, which is called the overseer of the universe, Brahma Sahampati. It's a, it's a kind of a, a father. You know, it's quite an interesting dynamic that uh, you know, the Buddha apparently receives his blessing from the mother, the mother earth, and he receives his his instructions to teach from the father. These are symbolic, of course. But a sense of that which oversees all, Brahma Sahampati, the one who had the great overseer, says, well, you know, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on here. But there's some good, there's some people who will be able to pick this up. Out of sympathy, out of sympathy, teach for them. The sympathy, and Ukampa means literally means some trembles together, trembles in the presence of. So it's like a resonance. Yeah. We feel that sense of resonance with being with other people, with experience. We're sensitive to it. And as we meet our experience, then from that primal sympathy comes forth the more evolved forms of kindness or compassion, yeah, that motivate the direct how we're going to act. So this is when the heart is in balance, it's sympathetic, but it's not engaged. It's just tuning in, listening. We don't know right now. We don't, you know, we're just tuning in. We're seeing what is what we're, what we're called for, what, what moves us, you know, what is, the, what is the need. So it's sort of dispassionate, disengaged, and yet listening.
and it has equanimity because it's no particular personal motivation in it. It doesn't need to do things. It's able to be with the way it is. When you have that primal sympathy towards yourself, balance towards yourself, then, you know, there's probably some true things you could say about your shortcomings and you're not so good at this and you did mess up then and so forth. And there's probably some good things you could say about how, yeah, you you pulled through that and you you gave a lot for that and you worked hard for that and you're clear about that. You know, it's both, isn't it? And you hold it all. Good and the not so good and the unknown. This is it. This is probably, this is as good as it can be now. Yeah. Next moment it could get better or worse, of course. But now, this is, a, this is as good as you can be, isn't it? If you could be any better, you probably would be. <laughs> you know, if you'd have done this or that or the other, you might have been in a different state, but you didn't. So now you're like this. <laughs> okay, so, we can, you know, we can seize, let, relax the agitation around how we sense ourselves. Instead of that particular relationship of if I wasn't how I could be, what I would be, what I might be, if I tried it, this, that, and the other, how I, yeah, yeah, that's all possible. But now, it's like this, isn't it? Energy's like this. Attitudes like this. Physical feelings are like this. Situations like this. And we're just coming into that balance. We're not shutting off or struggling with it. It's just. How's that? Can you be with that? Yeah. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't like Okay, so there's the don't like it. That's part of it. So every time something manifests as don't want this, frustrated with this, there's too much of that, there's not enough, I can't be. You put that into the pile of, okay, now you step back from that. Okay, can, you, can you be with that? That's also how it is. So it's that continual kind of moving out of the engagement with these emotional waves so we're still staying on the surfing surfing on the crest of it yeah, as, it's, as it's moving through us still finding that position which is not a position because the wave is changing and yet you're still finding that balance you can be with this yeah. and then woo, crash, you go down Okay, get your board back on out there again. Next wave, right? You know, you come back again. Yeah, so it's rather like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like this now. I feel that kind of. Oh, this isn't good enough. I want something more definite. There you go. You go into it again. You go into the cosmos. You go into all the realms of possibilities and potentials. Pick one and you start to lose the balance. And that balance and that loss of balance is always the sense of the straining or the holding, the reluctance, the positioning, the comparing, I am and then the I am forming out of that. 
in the balance, the I am doesn't have, isn't necessary, doesn't have to form. We just that. It's like this now. Any any I am's that do form, you say, okay, there's that one. There's the impatience, or there's the funny tangly feeling. There's the funny swirly feeling. That one there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, it's not easy to do. So what helps is when we are, you know, using the body. You can't just use once. You try to use all of it. Bodies, so you can recognize that your body's tensing up or twitchy or incomplete, holes it sinking, incomplete. Are unbalanced, you're trying to get that in balance. It sits, stands, walks. And then this, your thinking mind or your organizing mind, you just get it to keep connecting, naming it. Naming it. Naming, this is this. How is it? And keeping that also balanced. It's not a, you know, librarian analysis of everything that's going on. It's just the over overriding sense which coming to me now yeah. tired uncertain whatever it is then, then that gives you the thing that you're needing to vichara handle feel it out make room for that don't get involved with that keep it there and you then you, that one probably dissolves and you come to the next, next thing arises. Balance uh, in the mind is uh, called mindfulness and full awareness. This is partnership. Mindfulness and full awareness. Mindfulness, the ability to bear something in mind, to having named it with vitaka, having said that, so it is, then you hold that. This is mindfulness. Full awareness is having vicharat, having handled something, you think you've really got a good feel for it. And you know what it's about. This is a shifting, changing thing. This is a skillful, unskillful thing. This is a, a process thing that's moving from this, that, to the other. Mindfulness and full awareness, these two are the mental or the the balance of the organizing mind that names and says what's going on gives you gives you dumber instruction now mindfulness is something that of course is very uh buzzword or common word now be mindful just be mindful mindfulness is all you need plain mindfulness so forth uh mindfulness for stress reduction Cognitive behavior, this, that, so forth. And uh, hmm. so a lot of people have got an idea about what mindfulness is, but actually sometimes this mindfulness is, is just a ten- that mindfulness isn't necessarily mindfulness attention. So we can be attentive without being mindful. The difference is attention just the ability for the mind to form a focus on something. And you can you can retain that focus. It doesn't mean you're being mindful. 
means you're just being attentive. Yeah. Like the old riddle is, could you mindfully rob a bank? You know, it takes probably you don't it takes quite a good deal deal of attention, attention to details, bearing a particular theme in mind, how to get that into that bank and get out of it. it requires a lot of something, doesn't it? We say it requires a lot of attention. It's not a very mindful thing to do. What's the difference? Well, mindfulness um, is, is a wider sense, and it's it's taken into my. It's also bearing in mind ethical. It's bearing in mind ethical sense, ethical understanding. It's bearing in mind this primal sympathy. So. You recognize in the Eightfold Path, mindfulness is coming on number factor seven, so you've had right view is the first. Right view is the understanding of cause and effect, skillful and unskillful. So that's, your, that's the basic understanding that comes from fundamental resonance with things. We begin to feel this is skillful, this is unskillful, this is cause and effect. And you begin to sense how certain energies and activities lead to stress, suffering, hurt. Certain activities lead to brightness, happiness, peace, so forth. And you get that through just through being pr- primarily receptive and sympathetic to your own experience and the experience of others. And so you get this sense of right view. And then you begin to be able to get it in your head. But as I said, it begins in the heart. It's my act of generosity as a first gesture of primal sympathy, isn't it? You know, I see you, human being, like me, human being, or, or sentient being, little bird like me. Food, I like food, it likes food, give it some food. <laughs> it's got primal sympathy. There's a kind of resonance. You don't look at the thing like it's a, like it's a tractor or, or a diagram it's a living thing so you get this fundamental so you don't have to think about it fundamental sense of doesn't want pain uh, wants food doesn't want to be harmed and that I mean, and then the, you know that's the primal sympathy isn't it and you know, depending on what state that creature's in it you might feel a sense of metta or compassion you want to protect it or mudita you say oh wonderful look at the way it flies isn't that beautiful uh, you know or equanimity oh, birds are like this you know they don't live that long. It's like this. So, so you know, so you begin to sense from that primal sympathy. For start, you know, what throws it out is anything that's abusive, violent, clinging, demanding, trying to appropriate that creature as being mine. Greed, avarice, covetousness, resistance, indifference. So what? It's only a bird. Um, you know, anything like that, you, you lose the resonance. It goes flat. Now, this is your fundamental sanity comes from this. So, mindfulness rides on top of that. Has a mind, a mind has imbibed that, has stays in tune with that primal resonance. So, when we're mindful, that's there as part of it. So, and as a you know, because we don't necessarily get it immediately. What is often seen as the precursor to mindfulness is called deep attention or appropriate attention, which means you, you think of something and you just figure it out. 
you look at it, what's this doing to me? Getting the feeling of dislike, or oh, don't want to follow that. You, you stay with something with attention long enough, stay with it long enough to get the felt sense of what it's doing to you, or what, your, what impulses are coming up. So you see, see something, and then you feel, oh, feels like, feel the sense of greed or lust coming up. That's throwing me out. That's not something I want to give attention to. This is bringing up a sense of violence or hurtfulness. This isn't something I want to dwell upon. This isn't the way to be looking at this thing. So you can directly challenge the way you're looking. So with things that cause passion, lust, greed, you see their decaying nature, their fragile nature, their impermanent nature. You know, well, okay. And something is kind of softens around that, and you come back to something more uh, balanced. Something that you're averse to, you begin to see, say, either the, um, if it's, a, it's an animate object, you, rec- you have a sense of compassion for its, its flaws and weaknesses. If it's inanimate, something like you know, vomit or excrement or something like you see, well, this is just nature. You know, nature is pretty smelly, really. But it, it, it got here before me. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's not up for me to say how nature should be, because all that slime and stuff, is, that was there before we turned up. So you think, okay, that's nature. And you kind of cool some of that don't like, dislike thing. Yeah. And so these are some ways you use this Yoni Somani Sikara, deep attention to check in with what energies are being aroused, what, how your resonance is, are you losing that sympathy and going into greed or aversion or indifference? Yeah, and then use something, you know, definitely even reflective themes to just address, bring you back into balance. And then, you know, actually from that, this precursor of wise attention, then you're finding that sense, of now you can bear this in mind. Stay this in mind. Now, similarly, when we simply always practice meditation, you know, deeply attending, wisely attending to one's body. You know, what is this body capable of doing before it gets strained and, and stressed? So how do we sit? How long do we sit? How well do we sit? What do we use to sit with? Sit on chairs, lie on our backs. What do we do that's appropriate? So you can also gloss Yoni Somnisikara's appropriate attention. Attention which tells you this this is about the right this is about the right means, you know, fits you. And then you, you you you're not you can tell because you remain alert to that and you find you're able to be balanced in that. Same thing of course with our application energy, how much effort do we put into is it just always just relax, 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 soften, 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 or is it, you know, up and over, trench warfare, up the top, thrash the defilements, get out there, leave them all dead on the field? Uh, <laughs> which is, you know, where's the balance where, you know, you, you're alert, awake, attentive, definitely, you know, moving away from the 
attachments and defilements, and yet also a sense of what's the right. This is about as much as I can manage right now. You know, it's about as pure as I can get right now. We'll stay with that, and maybe it will grow. Because the thing is, if you stay in resonance and you stay balanced, then there's a the energy collects. You get deeper and stronger in that. You know, it's the nature of things. You get deeper and strong by itself. You get deeper and stronger, and your capacities and your set increases. So you may first of all only, only be able to ride an eight-foot wave you know, for a few seconds. And then maybe it gets to be a 12-foot wave for a minute. Hmm? Or you walk that tightrope you know, for six feet, and that's before you fall off. And then after a while you can walk 20 feet and you don't fall off. It definitely does increase because your ability to maintain balance your sense of tuning into that and not getting distracted by the roar of the crowds, the gnashing and the howling of your mind or whatever it's doing, persuasions, the coaxing, the doesn't really matter, all those subtle voices. No, no, no. You don't get caught in them. And the more you don't get caught in them, they lose their energy. If you go out fighting with them, they quite like that. They like a good tussle. So it keeps it keeps them alive. Hmm. So you withdraw your emotional and energy from these distractions, from even disapproving of them. Just it's not, you know. You keep your focus on that. So this is what mindfulness and full awareness help to hold in us. And for this purpose, we might find ourselves using the simple theme of breathing yeah, because breathing really covers it all actually you know, it's bodily it's energetic it carries certain psychological or emotional effects we feel brightened we feel calmed or we, or we feel dull or we feel agitated and the breathing can flow through the entire nervous system and have an effect on our minds. So it's on our hearts, you might say. So it's bodily and addresses both the body and the heart. And it requires us to establish this vitaka, vichara, point with the breathing. How is it now? Vichara, how is it? Vitaka is where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Are you breathing? Where is it now? How is it now? And the vichara is... Just how about is that? Is it soft? Is it big? Is it small? Is it moving? Is it, would you call it silvery or golden or rushing or fiery or cooling? Just, you know, how does it feel to you? And what, what's it doing? Would you say, is there a sense of brightening when you're breathing in? Is there a sense of cooling when you're breathing out? What are these subtler senses? So the vichara, which is this um, assessing evaluating experience starts to give us finer and finer details, finer and finer details of that about that picture, that, that thing. So mindfulness and full awareness. And, you, and you also you're fully aware of when I do this, I lose the balance. When I try too hard, it tightens up. When I loosen up too much, I fuzz out. Where's the balance? Where's the right moment by moment, riding the wave of the breath. Because it is a wave form, isn't it? It swells, peaks, turns, 
softens, declines, swells, you know. And you can find when you get the whole breath channel open, so you relax in the lower gut, let it go all the way down, into, even into the floor, as if you're breathing down through the perineum, relaxing these lower gut muscles, the solar plexus, the diaphragm, right up under the collar. Yeah. And when I say that, it's not a powerful breath, it's not like pushing it, but through relaxing in these areas, the subtlety of the breath starts to, to diffuse. Uh, so, you know, so you get subtle effects spreading through the whole body, which are cause one's attention to become more refined, to pick it up. It also causes one's heart to become sl- delighted. Yeah. As we delight in the sensitive, like a, you know, snowflakes, uh, mist patterns, things that are just evanescent, subtle and delightful, and you can delight in that. Now that whole process is not going to occur through anything too heavy-handed. You can't get the delighting, you can't get that, the pleasure, which is the requirement for mindfulness of breathing. It's a subtle, happy, contented pleasure. And there's a sense of delight in that, called piti, which is, you know, comes often when we come to the ending of a breath, that feeling of the, how it flushes through us, pauses, goes very quiet, and then changes. Yeah. It's just so, so lovely about that, being breathed, how grateful one is to be breathed. Oh, that is that is, you know, mindful in that we're experiencing the effects. We're starting to also mindful and fully aware we're experiencing the effects of things, how they affect us. We're getting the understanding of how we participate in that. It's not dominating organizing it, structuring it, making it work. Neither is it just step back and let it happen. It's a careful, caring stewardship to maintain balance. when the, this is the Dharma this is one way of seeing Dharma it's just in this because we've experienced that feeling of nothing in your body is left out it's complete it's balanced there's a sense of order which is not law and order it's got a sublime orderliness to it we feel right we feel home in that this is Dharma. As it comes into that experience, then the, the last part of the hologram, if you like, 
comes apparent, which is the stillness. Stillness, a knowing stillness. It doesn't know anything, but it's, it's still knowing. Right? You might say it knows this is the Dharma. This is Dharma. It knows this is complete. This is, this is it. You know, this is where it is. We feel still. We feel satisfied. So balance, finding the balance. So just to kind of reiterate, perhaps the. Um, piece that sometimes get missed is this yoni somani sikara deep attention means we do have to you know do our homework checking it out what works what doesn't work where am i coming from what's my attitude what does this attitude feel like what does this way of attending feel like what is it better you know so this will then act as the basis for mindfulness and full awareness ideally in all we do ideally in everything we do what's the appropriate way of making tea eating the food how much do you need what is even sense of attitude towards food or sleep when is it so ideally with everything we do but perhaps in our meditation we really get to, in an undistracted way, feel the happiness, the contentment and the stillness of that balance and realise this is worth working for. This is worth putting in the homework for. Mm. 